Hello and welcome to another episode of From No Crypto to No Crypto. This is the Crypto Coach, Blockchain Wayne, with another cryptocurrency podcast. Today's episode brought to us by Unchained Education, which is featured in the Blockchain Training Academy. The link will be in the comments. And also by CoinCierge Club, mobile, private, key, and wallet, helping to make crypto safe, easy, and the overall process more efficient while costing less. All right, so let's jump in today. Wanted to talk about the non-fungible world. Now, non-fungible tokens. I've done a couple of podcasts in the past uh, on non-fungibles, but I think it's been about six to eight months since I talked about non-fungible tokens. And a lot has happened in the space just recently. So I want to jump back in. This is a space in the crypto community that I'm very excited about. There's a lot of things that are happening. And I want to just kind of take you down that road of the history of non-fungible. Let's talk about what's in the news recently. So Decentraland launched their platform, their full platform uh, to users with a treasure hunt. And I'll be honest, I've been playing around with it. There's so many features in there that just kind of get your wheels turning about the possibilities. You think a digital world, you look at it, it's it's like it's like Minecraft, but with better graphics. But in in actuality, it's got so much more potential just from what I've seen and where my wheels are turning with that. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, the Sandbox, another non-fungible company, uh, launched another land sale. Uh, digital land, similar to Decentraland, but they've got a little bit of different take on things. And the the allotment that they put out there sold out almost instantly. I was able to snag some uh, some digital land with that. Um, so that wasn't that was in the news. Uh, and and so there's a lot of things that are happening in the non fungible space. It's basically been dominating the news just recently. Uh, there was an article posted about sports uh, sports teams being interested in non fungible tokens. Uh, so there's a whole use case there. So let's talk about non-fungible versus fungible. What does that even mean? So non-fungible token basically means that each token is unique. That's not fungible. It's not exchangeable with the other for equal value or equal identity. In other words, Bitcoin. Let's give you Bitcoin for example. Bitcoin is fungible, which means if you send me one Bitcoin and I send you a Bitcoin back, uh, in essence, it doesn't matter. They're all valued at the same. One is not worth more than the other. It doesn't matter if you have a Bitcoin that was mined in the early days or a Bitcoin that was mined yesterday. They have equal value. Non-fungible tokens are unique where every token is unique, not fungible with the other, which means you can create digital collectibles. And that's where it started. It started with digital collectibles. And I want to talk about that for a second, and then we're going to dive down. So if you go back to... One of the podcasts I've done in the past about non-fungibles, I had did a little deep dive where I had, I had played around, went in and bought a Crypto Kitty, which was one of the first uh, non-fungible tokens available. And then I bought a digital baseball bobblehead. Now being someone that collects baseball cards, that was unique. Uh, and I kind of played around with that. And I've even created non-fungibles uh, since that last episode. But that's where it started. Crypto Kitties was the first. And back in the hype of 2017, there was a crypto kitty that sold for over $100,000 worth of Ethereum. Now that's crazy because it was a rare cat. It created digital scarcity is what it did. So you have cats that are very common. You can buy for a dollar, $2 worth of Ethereum, but there's also some that are very rare. So think about the Beanie Baby craze. Remember back in the day, if you've been around long enough, you remember the Beanie Babies. There were these little stuffed animals. They're still around. 
but there were some rare ones that were selling for thousands and tens of thousands of dollars. And it's the same concept there. You create scarcity within a collectible. Uh, so these digital cats, you could breed, you could do all kinds of different things with it. And now they're starting to incorporate them into games. Uh, but that was one of the first concepts. And then the Los Angeles Dodgers did a giveaway of non-fungible digital bobbleheads at one of their games. They gave away three different tokens uh, that were, they basically gave it in a card and you had to go and download it and, and basically swipe the private key into your wallet uh, to get that digital baseball player bobblehead. And then that particular company that created it uh, released uh, quite a few, some rare ones. I, you know, I saw some very rare uh, digital bobblehead selling for several Ethereum. So you're talking 200 to $600 or more worth of Ethereum that were selling. So that was another concept. Being someone that collected baseball cards as a kid, this was unique because I just started thinking, okay, kids of today's world can store those digital bobbleheads or digital collectibles, whether it's that or whether it's something similar like Pokemon cards, digitally in a digital wallet and not have to worry about it. Now, if you've collected those cards or any type of collectible card in the past, you know you got to protect them. you got to put them in sleeves, make sure the corners don't get bit, make sure there's no creases in the card. A whole lot goes into that. Digital, don't have that problem. Always in mint condition. So the wheel started turning and then you, you can go into these digital marketplaces. One of the most common ones is OpenSea, O-P-E-N-S-E-A.io, OpenSea.io. And you can look at what's out there, what's available for sale, and you can purchase non-fungible tokens. Now to do it from a computer, you're going to have to do it with a uh, browser like Chrome uh, or Brave where you can link a MetaMask uh, wallet, uh, MyEtherWallet to it, to which will allow you to pay with Ethereum. Now, if you do it from a phone, you're going to want to download an app like the Trust Wallet or Coinbase Wallet, not the Coinbase uh, Retail Consumer app. No, the coin. there's a Coinbase Wallet app or the Engine Wallet, E-N-J-I-N. They have a Web 3.0 browser enabled to where you can link it and, and basically it links up with your Ethereum wallet to allow you to buy and sell uh, digital tokens within those sites. And, and there's going to be more use cases coming for those browsers as well. So make sure you download one of those apps to start checking it out. And most of them, they're all Ethereum based tokens right now. Now they could be built on other blockchains, but Ethereum is the most common one. And with that, uh, there's two different protocols. So I'm not going to go too deep into it. This is more than just, uh, this is kind of a high level overview. So you don't have to understand how ERC 721 protocol works, which are most of them. And then some of the most recent engine ones are what's called ERC 1155 and and brief concept all that really means is ERC 721 uh, in the background every time you buy or sell one of those non-fungible tokens it's executing a smart contract so you don't have to know how that works it just does it when you do it unless you want to get in the coding but if I wanted to buy five different non-fungible tokens that are ERC 721 protocol I would have to make five separate transactions and pay five separate gas fees now gas uh, is a little bit of ETH or gas that you pay for that transaction. Uh, it's not much, but it can add up, right? ERC-1155 allows you to bundle multiple non-fungible tokens within a transaction. That way you don't have to make individual transactions. You basically pay less because it doesn't matter the value of what you're exchanging. It's, it's all about just gas to utilize a network, right? To pay the miners that keep uh, keep the network going to keep the network decentralized that's kind of you know what you're doing so those are the two different protocols and so when, when you go into openc.io you can see there's there's 
collectible cards. There's all kind of stuff being created, you know, other than just crypto kitties. There's a lot of different non-fungible tokens, digital land, decentral land. I'm going to get into in a minute. And then there's also like weapons and shields and different uh, collectible tokens that you can utilize within games, right? So imagine the ability, and many people are used to buying skins and shields and swords and weapons in games, but imagine being able to transact and send that. So maybe a friend wants to buy it from you. You can sell it to them and send it to them. Or imagine being able to use it within multiple games because it's linked up to your wallet uh, you know, as you play that game. So there's a whole lot of different things that are going to happen. Blockchain gaming is really going to move the space forward when it comes to cryptocurrency. And non-fungible tokens are going to be a huge part of that. Uh, whether it's skins or games, or maybe it's just to access a certain world, right? You got to complete something or, or to access a, you know, a different level, should I say, or world uh, within a game. So, so many different opportunities, so many different, uh, so many different potential use cases, and that's what's going to happen. So, uh, I see a lot going on here. I mean, and, and let's, let's talk about where non-fungibles can go, right? Imagine you buy a concert ticket. But instead of buying it through Ticketmaster, you buy it. It's a blockchain-based ticket. Now, blockchain tickets, it can create a non-fungible token when you purchase it. That can eliminate fraud. It can prevent fraud and forgery and all these different things that, that we have to worry about if you buy a ticket from someone off the street, that it being legit, or that the venue has to worry about is a bunch of people buying fake tickets instead of real tickets, uh, which which has them out of money. So it's a, it's a problem on both sides. So you buy this concert ticket and what you actually get sent is a non-fungible token that has a unique identifier that gives you access when you go up to the gate to get in boom they scan it and you get access to it but now you also have a collectible you have that ticket stub in your digital wallet that is now a rare digital collectible so depending on the concert it is that could be worth a lot of money how many were issued how many people were used now imagine some of the first ones that are going to be used uh the first one of the first times that that, that actual concept is going to be put into use um, say maybe only a hundred of them are issued. You now have a rare collectible token that you can sell. Uh, so imagine digital collectibles also being tied to a physical product. So say you go buy a, buy a piece of art and when that art was created, they also created a non-fungible token that correlated with the ownership of that unit. So say you go to buy that art from somebody and they don't have the digital token. Chances are that's a red flag that it's a fraud. It's a forgery. And you can prove that, you know, because they don't have the digital token that is tied to ownership. So when you buy it, you know, that person that has the digital token should transfer ownership, send it to you, um, you know, create a transaction. And now you have that in your, you know, access to that in your wallet. So that's a whole lot of different potential things that could happen with non-fungible tokens. Let's dig into Decentraland, right? The, the next few minutes, I really want to talk about what's happened with Decentraland. So when Decentraland was first coming out, now three years ago, Decentraland did an ICO, raised a lot of money um, with their token MANA, M-A-N-A. It is a digital Ethereum-based token that is that can be utilized on on Decentraland to pay for good. It's the, that world's virtual currency. So they created a digital world and they sold tons of digital land. Now, you know, that digital land, you know, started selling real quick for upwards of 100, 200, 300 dollars several years ago. And last Thursday, when they launched their platform, I decided to do a check on OpenSea to see what land was available for purchase. And I actually searched several different sites where you can buy digital tokens. And the cheapest you could buy a plot of land was about 800 dollars worth of, of that. And there was some going for, 
upwards of $30,000 or more worth of mana. Uh, so that's just crazy when you think about it. Uh, and right now you're probably thinking digital land, geez, how in the heck is that even worth anything? But let me go into the concept and here's what it is. So it's all about location. If you, if you studied real estate, it's all about location. So better location, sell for more. A plot of land where I live in Louisiana costs a whole lot less than a plot of land right next to say, um, you know, Times Square in New York City. So it's all about location. So imagine being able to build on this digital world. And many people over the last couple of years have built on this digital land they've built. I mean, there's some amazing stuff within that world. And what's cool about it is you can you can use a quick command to go to different plot points on the map uh, just to check it out without having to walk through it. So you create a digital avatar. Uh, you can name it. You can you can lock down your own account, like your main account, and not go in as a guest for 100 mana. I just give you a, a concept that's uh, mana's about five cents right now, so you're paying about five dollars for that identity. Uh, that's going to prevent a lot of fake accounts, right? Um, not digital land, but you think about accounts like Facebook that are free. I mean, there's so many fake accounts out there. So that gives you the option to create an account and create your avatar, and then you can start browsing the land. And they're doing a treasure hunt right now. And as I'm going through the treasure hunt, uh, it actually took me several days and I finally found something. Found a treasure chest that actually had uh, an NFT token on it. It had 10 mana in it. And then I found a few other treasure chests that had mana in it. Now, if you go to play, uh, I've got a link on my Facebook page from No Crypto to No Crypto. I've shared um, the link to go, and I'll share it also in the comments of this. Uh, the link to go to play on Decentraland uh, doesn't work on mobile yet. It only works on desktop. And also a guide that kind of gives you some of the pinpoints of where to start looking for the treasure hunt. It was actually put out by Decentraland. So as I'm going through, I find different things that are built and it's cool. Uh, you know, you can create a digital auditorium that gives you access uh, to where you can bring your avatar to that auditorium to listen to or to witness a conference, a conference that maybe happened live somewhere in the world, but it's also being broadcast through that digital auditorium. So that's one concept. So imagine selling tickets. You buy a non-fungible token ticket, ticket, and when you go to that auditorium, having that ticket in your wallet allows you access to get in to that auditorium. That's one example. Um, another example I saw was pretty much there was some places where uh, there was one company that was selling some non-fungible tokens, but they had the Q in the digital world. When as I was going through Decentraland, they had QR codes throughout their building that would link you to that sale of that particular item, and some of the QR codes actually linked you to the sale of physical items. Right. So imagine having a storefront. And having people to walk in your store, they see a t-shirt they like digitally, they scan it with the QR code, it takes them to a website where they can check out, they can buy it, uh, and then your business or you will ship them that shirt, right? That's just one uh, of the many use cases that's possible. Uh, there was another uh, auditorium, or I guess it was a building that was, and, and they were brought, they wanted to showcase all of their uh, video and podcast episodes. So they had QR codes of every single episode with a, with a screenshot from that episode. Like one of them, it was actually a video uh, podcast um, where they had actually interviewed Andreas Antonopoulos. So they linked that in the QR code. So I found, you know, my digital avatar. I walked into their building, checked out what they had. While I'm on there, I pulled out my QR code scanner on my phone, scanned it, and it actually took me to that link that you can get a desktop QR scanner that you can overlay onto the screen uh, to capture that as well and do it all within the same browser. 
I was just trying to be quick about it because, you know, if we're on our computer, we got our phones and our hands are next to us close by. So, so many different use cases. Make sure you check out the post I made on, on Facebook page. Uh, my Facebook page is the same as the podcast from no crypto to no crypto. And I made a few posts about Decentraland and just browse through those and take a look. I shared some screenshots when I was in the soccer field. Uh, whenever I found that first uh, treasure chest, I um, when I won what was in the treasure chest, uh, another picture I shared, I was actually walking up the steps in one of the buildings. And it was funny, it was actually in a casino, a digital casino, where I was able to go in and gamble. Now I can gamble with the house play tokens, which had no value. Or I could gamble with mana, which is the digital currency. So I, I was able to, let's just say I won a little, lost a little, but I was able to play a little bit of roulette uh, in that game. And as I'm walking up the stairs, you can they, they put art on their walls and they actually have a straight out of Compton uh, artwork on the wall in that casino. So I shared that information as well. Um, so many different things you could do. So digital casinos, imagine instead of just going to a gambling website, Imagine taking your avatar and walking into a digital casino. Uh, you can interact with the other avatars that are there, which are other real people that are that are in the world. And this is this is huge. You know, we may think it's all novelty so far that we've talked about, um, but imagine somebody that's that's bedridden or uh, wheelchair bound and can't really get out of the house much, and now they can go to a digital casino. They can go to a conference they've been wanting to attend and they can interact and talk with other people there. Other people from all over the world that they're interacting with and it gives them so much potential. So now I'm playing it on a regular computer. Obviously this thing would probably work great with AR, VR. Uh, having a joystick or a gaming mouse could definitely help you. The controls are a little clunky but this is the first proof of concept and I can tell you they've done it a phenomenal job with it. So uh, check it out. Like I said, I'll have the links in the description to um, to play on Decentraland. You don't have to buy the digital land, by the way. So I didn't buy any any um, any land within Decentraland. I kind of wish I would have. Uh, but you can go and explore what's been built and find and participate in this treasure hunt. And even when the treasure hunt's over, you can go and explore and find different uh, things like this casino or like this... Um, you know, like this this podcast station or, or find auditoriums where people are broadcasting great content um, to the Decentraland platform. So, uh, so many different things to talk about when it comes to non-fungible tokens. This is a sector in the crypto space. As I mentioned before, I'm very excited about. I see a lot of potential and there's so much more potential than we've probably even realized when it comes to non-fungible tokens, also, like, also called NFTs. Uh, it's just, it's, there's so many possibilities. So, uh, that's it for this episode. I want to thank you for listening. I'm grateful for everybody that's been following along. I had kind of got off track with podcasting for a little while. I was creating some video content for online education platform, but now that I'm back at it, I'm uh, going to be sharing these podcasts at least once or twice a week. Uh, so thank you. And we will catch you on the next episode.